What are these notables? I know they're just letters, right? You, you know what's notable? Arkansas and Florida. That's what's notable. What, yes, what are these notables? Freaking right. I will talk about it. Just, just wait. Have some patience. I can't no. be prepared for discussion if I don't know you what don't it need is. Don't be prepared for discussion. Just calm yourself. Calm down. I should be telling myself this. I'm not very calm <laughs> right now. Calm okay. down. Just calm down. Okay. Are we? Yeah. Okay. What was that? I don't know what's happening. Wait, you were trying to make a reference about something? Maybe he just loves you. (laughs) What is it? Calm down. Just calm down. Yeah, I have no idea what that is. That's why it's kids, you know. (laughs) Man, Aaron's old, guys. The Forecast is a bi-weekly podcast produced on Thursdays. We are a community of people who love exploring and discussing all kinds of things from video games and board games to film and TV to our everyday life experiences. If you'd like to know more about what we do, you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash wearethehorizoncommunity, or you can check out our website at wearethehorizon.com, or you can come hang out in our Discord channel. We have a ton of original content for you to browse on our website, and additionally, everything we talk about in this podcast, our cast, is published and pushed out to whatever podcasting app you are using. Uh, I am Aaron, and I'm joined by a couple additional people this week. Alex? Yes, that is my name. That is who I am. That's me. I am Alex. No, stop. Still Alex. My turn. I am Alex, and my name is Alex. That is who I am. Thanks, Alex. Thank you so much for that. Much much. for everything. Uh, This is going to be a special edition of our cast. If you've listened to us in the past, we've actually been on for a couple years doing these these pre-peps and these pre-pups, so... Uh, if you've been listening no, you for long enough, <laughs> no, I said pre-pep and pre-pup. It did not sound like no. We've been doing pre-pep with an E <laughs> and pre-pup with a U yeah, for a couple of years now. Um, and this is going to be our pre-pup, our pre-PAX Unplugged podcast where we talk about all things PAX Unplugged, uh, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, but first and foremost, we're going to start with what we always start with, which is what have you been playing lately? And Owen, we will start with you. Awesome. Uh, so I've been playing, of course, a lot of Planet Zoo. Uh, I've also been playing a decent amount of the uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield because it's just a lot of fun. Uh, I, I, there's no new games that I've been playing. If you've listened to the past couple of weeks, it's the same, you know, three or four games that I've been playing. Uh, just still playing them. They're fun. That's it. That's that's all you got. <laughs> yeah, I haven't played any new games. So <laughs> I mean, so it's fast. Just... You're the it's, first person. You're not supposed to be short. You're supposed to be like long-winded like Alex Oh, I'm sorry. Is. Let me talk mm. about the cheetahs inside of Planet Zoo. Nope. <laughs> there, is, there is one thing that I would like to talk about Planet Zoo, and I finally got to the franchise mode in Planet Zoo. And so for basically what that is is like any of the animals that you're like releasing into the wild or like selling or whatever, you sell to other people that are playing the game. Oh. So it's kind of like hmm. it's online. Because like, oh hey, if I need to buy a uh, armadillo, I have to buy it from another person that has the armadillo, or one of the very few that come like generate every one, every couple of hours from the like main uh, company uh, from Frontier Zoo, as it's called. So 
a lot of it is is very reliant on like what price other players place things at and it's just really bizarre because of the fact that like some days you like literally this the challenge this week is for people of the enfranchise mode to raise x number of cheetahs like i think it's like something like 10 million or something for the entire community not just you and so cheetahs have just fluctuated in price like every time i jump on it's like sometimes it's like oh hey it only takes 200 conservation points to get a cheetah that's like a pretty decent cheetah you can get like a bad one for like maybe like 100 and then like the next hour i go check and it's like four thousand and i was like holy shit it is the most volatile marketplace i have ever seen and like people will like buy all of the male cheetahs and jack up the price really high on the males so like you'll like oh wow i got this like really nice female let me pair it with a oh never mind (laughs) like it's just really weird and bizarre and like almost cutthroat and it's it's odd because in games that have player marketplaces like World of Warcraft and their auction house, the value of the things in the auction house have like a, a, it's a somewhat steady. You never see it change maybe half or double the price of that what it's currently going on. Whereas in this, it's just it's literally scattered all over the place. Like it just depends it, when you log in and how many players are on and who's selling what for where. You know, sometimes I I just logged on earlier and there was no warthogs and I happened to have a warthog to trade in. And so since nobody had any warthogs to trade in, I just picked a random number and I was like, "Mm, frick it, 1500 conservation points, Uh, which I know is like astronomically high. But screw it. If you need a warthog, I'm the only one in the marketplace you can buy one from. (laughs) So it's just like. This, it's just weird. It's super weird, and I don't like it. I very much like the normal mode, where it's just like the game generates a random number for you that makes sense based on the age of the animal and like how healthy it is and what its genes are. Hmm. Uh, I will go next. Uh, number one, I've been playing. Let me get back into Dota three. Oh, sorry, Dota two, uh, patch seven point two three, which is basically Dota three. I mean, it's just just change the game. Let's be honest. Um, in case you're not up on the Dota scene, uh, number one, we've this new patch has introduced a lot of stuff. Uh, that really makes the game a lot more random and something you can't necessarily plan against. Uh, Alex and I have been playing a lot. Caleb, have you played a couple games since 7.23? Nope. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> well, there are a bunch of new jungle items, which are unique to the game that you can only get by killing jungle creeps, and those items are random drops. Some of them synchronize very well with your team, especially some of the, uh, the heroes you may have on your team. Uh, and some of them just will make you kind of overpowered. Uh, I don't remember what the name of the one is that makes you blink randomly. A uh, random Licker. direction, Alex. Flicker, that's what it's called. Very strong. Just a bunch of really cool, really strong uh, jungle items that you can now pick up that are not available to buy in the shop. And that's kind of made the game slightly different. There's some hero changes, too, that are also really neat. Uh, Vengeful Spirit is just running over people, which is fun. <laughs> But we are back to the strength meta, which... Not fun. Not fun. I'm tired of the strength meta. We should go to agility meta. 
You know, yeah, we should, bring we should go to back. like an intelligence meta. Oh. Have you ever had an? I mean, meta? that's. I feel like that's always kind of. It's just there in the background. Yeah, hiding. like your mids are almost always int based, right? Sure. So int's always important. Void spirits in. Yeah. He's very strong. Oh yeah, two new heroes too: Void Spirit and Snapfire. Snapfire's freaking stupid. So we got like the traditional looter games like Diablo. Then we got shooter looters, and now we got MOBA looters. What's next? I think you mean schluters. Yeah, schluters. I do not mean schluters. Okay, schluters. please let's never use that word. <laughs> uh yeah so anyway we get back into dota 2 it's super fun i and i I feel like for the first time in a while i have done uh my my uh matches to get placed for rank and i feel good about where i landed um that's the first time yeah i'm a legend 2 for support at this point which is two whole medals above where i was last time i was placed uh i don't know if it's like I, I feel like I don't. I'm not playing two medals above where I was last time, so maybe I'm actually somewhere in the middle. But I definitely was not a Crusader one, like play level. I feel like the last time I got, I got checked for rank. So yeah, I got I, placed more than a medal higher than when I was too. So dang, it's yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just uh, because it's not balancing out for supports and cores, and maybe it's kind of separating those things out. But. At the same time, I feel like I played only support games the last time I got calibrated. I don't know. Because you have you've calibrated for both sides and they're both higher than what it was. Uh my core is pretty low. My core is um what rank are you? Archon. Okay, okay, you're Archon. So I must be one below you, right? I think I'm Crusader. No, you're no. Archon. I'm Archon one. You're Archon two, I think, for core. I don't know. It's it feels better. We were the point is we were Crusaders, which is the middle below Archon. And you've ranked both sides of your it's, it's Crusader stuff above that. It's Crusader Archon Legend. Legend, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so two medals above and one medal above for core. Yeah, okay. I don't think I deserve that one medal above for core for what it's worth. <laughs> I'm not a core player. Uh also been playing a little GTA five. We've finally been getting around. We started on our twenty four hour stream doing the doomsday heist. Uh, and so we've been, we finished act one. We were just about to start, uh, the mission for act two, the first mission for act two, which we're excited about. Yeah. Let me, t- let me tell you the, um, the, the one setup scene and the follow-up mission where you're flying around in DeLoreans, by the way, spoiler alert, if you have want to play the doomsday heist on GTA five, first of all, you're gonna have to load for an hour to get into the game. Then you're gonna have to take another hour to figure out how to get together with your team. Uh, quick hint here, just become a CEO and hire them. But in one of the missions, you get to drive around a DeLorean and it's freaking awesome because at some point you get to hover and then at some point you're just freaking flying next to a plane. Ridiculous. Wasn't Alex trying to land on the plane, like put the tires down? Yeah. (laughs) It It wouldn't let it disengage the hover mode. Yeah. It was really fun to be super high in the air and turn off flight and then just like... (laughs) Plummet. dive yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like That's we're going down uh caleb let's move on to you what have you been playing lately uh last week i mentioned i've been playing some star wars jedi fallen order when i just started it and now i've just finished it oh there you go oh uh, what'd you think game's pretty good the plot line is nothing special kind of generic and boring but the gameplay is pretty fun and there's a pretty cool moment near the end that kind of Types it up at the end, and it's kind of Metroidvania, and I always like those. So, 
It's it's pretty good. I liked it. Cool. Probably not game of the year contender for anything, but Alex, have you finished it? No, not okay. even close. Uh, I've also started some Disco Elysium. Not far into that, a couple hours. Uh, but it's pretty good. The writing is on point, man. It is it is hilarious and very good. What type of game? Disco it's Elysium? a. It's kind of like an old RPG, like uh, Planescape Torment type thing, except no combat at all. It's like all talking. Hmm. And there's like skill checks and whatnot, but they're all conversation related or something like that. You're trying to solve a crime at the beginning of the game, so you you have uh, skills associated with that. Is that not the whole story arc? I don't know. Okay. So we'll see, I guess. Uh, and I've also been playing this game called Mo Astray. It is a puzzle platformer where you play as a little blob and he can jump onto enemies' heads and read their thoughts. And one of the power-ups you get is like a dash. And once you get that, you can jump on people's heads and rip them off with the dash. Oh, okay. <laughs> that went a place that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, right? Uh, yep. Uh, that's pretty fun. It's no Celeste in terms of puzzle platformers. But... It's pretty I mean, enjoyable, and it's got an interesting storyline going on. What is, though? I know. That's the problem, man. That's, that's really the problem. Yeah. It's going to be a long time before you find a game, and you're like, oh, this puzzle platformer is... It's, it's pretty on par with Celeste. Yeah. Yeah. It's much better than that one that the uh, Binding of Isaac guy made. Is it not the very good? Legend nigh? of Bumpo or whatever? Oh. No, The End is Nigh. Oh, The End is Nigh, that one. That was, that was a bad game. That was maybe not a bad game, but it wasn't a good game. This is much better. Alex, how about you? What have you been playing? Yeah, um, Dota, like you. Um, no, say it <laughs> so. I <laughs> uh, also uh, played this game called Man of Medan. We had a bunch of people over over the Thanksgiving holiday. And uh, there's a, a mode in that game called Movie Night where you basically have a, a pass and play with like your select different characters. And you play through the story by passing the controller when the new character pops up. And um, it's um, it's kind of in the vein of like a Heavy Rain or like one of those RPG-like story-driven games where you're just doing some like quick time events and exploring an environment basically, basically and just like seeing a, what is essentially a movie that's slightly interactive. Um. So that was a lot of fun. We, I, we haven't finished it. We're in like the last act, I think. Was it like, I mean, did it feel interactive even though you were handing the controller off? How many people were playing? Uh, we had five players with yeah, more people in the room. Characters I think you can choose from. So and yeah. it, it didn't feel dry or boring or you're distracted, like looking for a second screen sort of thing while somebody else was playing. Still no. pretty engaging. No, it's pretty. It was pretty engaging. I mean, it's like um, it's horror themed, so it's like watching a horror movie. Yeah. But, like, with a bunch of people, and you have to like pilot the character through the environment. Seems cool. Um, it is. I haven't played it. Um, but there's another game by the same people. Man, there. Oh, Drawing a blank. Drawing a blank. I don't. Remember What's what it's called? called? It's on PlayStation. It's exclusive. 
It was oh. also a horror-like thing. Man. Bloodborne. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> I tried. Whatever, you can't remember. What else have you been playing? Um, what else have I been playing? Oh, we played a little bit of Outward, me and Caleb. Yep. I think it's been out for a while. I don't really have much to say about that game. <laughs> Just not very good, or what? I don't know. I'm not really into it. It's kind of survival crafty. I know why yeah. Alex isn't into it. I was sold a bill of RPG, and I was oh, given a survival crafting. That's a big disappointment. <laughs> so it kind of tries to go with, um, like, almost a souls souls like combat. Yeah, where you have to like stick and move a bunch. And you're kind of like finding better gear over time. But there's also a lot of like, you got to find some linen so you can craft bandages so that you can heal yourself very slowly. And I don't know, like you got to eat food and drink water occasionally because that's a fun mechanic. (laughs) Great mechanic, 10 out of 10. Dude, this totally sounds like you would love Death Stranding. I feel like you need to just get it and play it. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't really know about that game. Um, but I'll probably get it another chance. And then me and Caleb finished Children of Morta. Yeah. Like. So that game's amazing. That game's so good. Was it's that like one of the best looking games. It's absolutely gorgeous. Narratively, like the- it's super cool. Prettiest games, and it's pixel art. Does it look as good? Does it look as good as Mirror's Edge, though? Oh, geez, we're doing this again. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this will be similar to Mirror's Edge. This will be like timeless, probably, because it's pixel art. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it's like incredibly high quality pixel art. Yeah, it is insane. They must have spent so much work animating some of those scenes. There's there's like a couple cutscenes towards like at the end of the game. We were just like, this took somebody forever to animate yeah. this, this all like frame by frame. This just took like somebody sat, sat down somewhere in a cube and just animated for like months. I don't know. Yeah, feels like that. Was it worth it? I mean, like, literally you like the I mean, game. It's freaking so. beautiful. Yeah, and it's super fun to play. The game, it's got cool mechanics. It like drip feeds you both gameplay mechanics and story at like a consistent pace. It's weird. A very drip. consistent pace. Yeah. Drip feeds you? Like, yeah. You're just like small, like tiny, tiny story pieces? It's like a roguelike, right? So you're going sure. into these dungeons and if you die, you pop back out. Probably a story beat happens. You pop mm-hmm. back in. Maybe a new gameplay element is introduced. Like once every few deaths or so. And it, it's kind of just consistent about that. It doesn't really ever stop. There was at one point at which we were having a really tough time with one region. And it stopped doing story. But then we yeah. moved on and we finally beat it and moved <clears> on. And <throat> But mm. they, they have like outside of, of you doing the run story beats that happen every once in a while. And like you don't even have to have accomplished anything during your run. Right. You can just come back out and it's like, here's like a little nugget of something for you just to keep you going. And then sometimes there's like little bits of story in the run itself where you're like finding these special events that can pop up randomly. Where you'll like save a 
person to send them back to the house or you'll come across like one of the first ones at the very beginning of the game is like there's a, a wolf pup that the mother was killed and you like rescue it from these goblins and then basically like that wolf pup is in the house for the rest of the game little things like that mm-hmm. super also awesome very sad game <laughs> so sad <laughs> but a but a really good and very beautiful game at the same time absolutely those do think those things can coexist very very much so strong themes of family and mm-hmm. bonds yeah very Aww. much so oh it uh, is well, two player but you can play it one player i think they have ai for all of the family members so you can play it solo hmm. so uh let's say we talk about some pack stuff shall we let's do it so uh case this is your first time uh we do what's called a pre-pup and a post-pup where we talk about what we're gonna do at podcast or at that podcast (laughs) what we're gonna do at pax unplugged and then all the things we didn't do at pax unplugged it happens every year it's gonna happen again this year we're gonna talk about all these things we're excited about and then we're gonna go to none of them so Get ready, get excited, get pumped. Wait, Owen might go to one thing and then he'll suggest that we go to like a trivia thing. Okay, I am not <laughs> suggesting shit uh, this year. Uh, so, you, you have one bad idea and everybody <laughs> hates you forever. I would hate's a really strong word. Just, I mean, doesn't dislike. To. Yeah, I mean, okay, that'll work. Too. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, Similar to how we've done our other our other PAX podcasts, we're going to talk about uh, things that we see on the schedule and things we're excited about. But I wanted to try something new. I wanted to talk about some uh, things that I think are kind of notable for this year's PAX. Um, and you guys, you guys are going to kind of learn about these things. Maybe not learn about them, but I'm going to introduce them without you really knowing what I'm talking about because I put a bunch of one and two letter acronyms in here. Uh, not even just, TLAs. Yeah, not even TLAs. But I mean, it is because it's a two letter acronym. So it's a TLA. Oh, oh maybe it's a two LA. Well, you know, my no. boss, Mm-mm, my boss really hurts. struggles with with TBD. Like he, like he cannot understand the concept of TBD. <laughs> he always says, he always says, he's always like, yeah, we we have it on this spreadsheet. And it says two BD. I'm like, do you mean TBD? No, it says two BD. <laughs> okay, I tried. I tried. So anyway, uh, PAX Notable Things. Number one, uh, we are over 250 exhibitors this year, which is very exciting. Last year, this is, our, this is the third year for PAX Unplugged. Uh, last year, they had about 200, and I actually don't know the number from year one. I, I didn't get a chance to look it up, but um, we're really skyrocketing up. Uh, I feel like even the difference between two years ago and last year was pretty noticeable for the show floor. I don't know if you guys thought the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, it felt bigger. The play area, the free play area felt smaller. It felt like there was more stuff going on. There were more people releasing games that uh, people were standing in line for. So it's starting to feel more paxy. Yeah. The first uh, one felt pretty empty, honestly. It did. It did. But I it think did, for yeah. the first time convention, you know, it's like a, hey, we're going to try this out. Let's see how it goes. And yeah, I mean, it, enough, it was great. Yeah, it was it was very chill. It was probably the most chill packs I'll ever go to. Yeah. Um. So that's exciting. Two hundred and fifty exhibitors. Whole bunch of new things going to be uh, talked about and played and tried at this convention. Uh, number one, we got to talk about, which is the 
sequel to Gloomhaven was announced today. Yeah. I saw that. It is called Frosthaven. And I say today because we're actually recording this podcast one day before we leave for PAX Unplugged. So it is December 4th. Um, Frosthaven was officially announced on their, on uh, Isaac Childress Twitter. Uh, He's talking a little bit about uh, 16 characters, 25 new enemies, 100 new items, and 100 scenarios. So. Yeah, of course it's like gonna be a freaking giant thing like the first one was. Why? I mean, why would they do anything different? Yeah, I mean, I'll just store this next to the first one that I also don't own and have never played, and you know, it'll be fine. Now, yeah, here's the question, Alex and Caleb, are you gonna also own and store this next to the Gloomhaven that you've never played? <laughs> well, I've played it. Yeah, what are you talking about. I've, I've I've played it. Yeah, how much? Yeah, let's like let's once. go. Let's get into numbers here. Yeah, mm, I've played um, it. Four times. Uh huh. Just saying, my uh, my inbox and invites to come over is uh, a little empty there. <laughs> well, I mean, Maybe those two if things... that was fixed, that game would be completed. Those two <laughs> things are independent. Your mm-hmm. invites to come over to somebody's house and play board games, and Alex's desire to play board games. All I'm saying is, I've started Betrayal Legacy this week, and I'm already <laughs> three haunts in. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah, we did that all on the first night. So like. <laughs> Okay, so that doesn't really count then. That's kind of unfair. I'm just saying is I, I truck through these kind of games. I get things done. Are you excited so far, by the way? Is it, are you enjoying it? Uh, oh, I'm absolutely loving it. Okay. I, the, the, first, the first one, uh, the, like the first like trial pre-log haunt thing or whatever, um, like, God, it was so terrifying just because my like it says destroy a card. And this is the first card that we have to destroy. Mm-hmm. And my girlfriend has it and she's just staring me in the eyes. And she's like, look at me. No, I want you to make eye contact while I do this. I'm going to tear this card. Can I like it says tear <laughs> this card. And I was just like, OK, I guess. And like just she tears it and everybody at the table just cringes like everybody just like you see their spine just wiggle and it's just like ah yeah uh go play pandemic legacy and then you can talk to me about ripping things up i i'm sure that it just gets more and more chaotic but it it just was it was such a like a weird feeling that i have to get used to and just yeah but trails not that bad it's 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 a lot more stickers than it is tear ups Mm -hmm. pandemic is like Hey, did you just open that box? Hey, destroy everything that's in that box. No, literally, rip it up and throw it in the trash can. You don't even need it. Oh, great. Worth, Wonderful. It's worth mentioning that Owen's owned the game for a year now. He's I got you. At the last he bought it packs last year. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> well, so I he's trying to group. come at me with his, I've played oh. three haunts already. Hey. <laughs> I finally found a group of people that would be consistent in showing up and agreed to be consistent in showing up. Um, as well as not moving to the other side of the country, so what? <laughs> <laughs> that does that does cause problems. Uh, a couple other things. Uh, Pax Notable Realm um, number two uh, Sniper Elite's board game is going to be debuted at Pax Unplugged. What? Uh, uh, yeah, they had a Kickstarter <laughs> um, that they had announced back in the day, uh, a, a while back. Actually, we talked about it on one of our podcasts. I want to say like eight weeks ago or ten weeks ago or something. We talked about it briefly. But there's a board game. Uh, and they're launching their Kickstarter in Q1 2020, and they are going to do an early reveal of the game and get to play a scenario at PAX Unplugged. 
I'm getting excited because PAXs are getting to the point where they're like, no, no, these are serious enough. We can release things, guys. We can like, <laughs> we like do new stuff. We can put Borderlands 3 out at PAX Unplugged. Granted, it turned out to not be the game we wanted it to be, but still, we can I, put Borderlands 3 out at PAX, guys. I, I mean, to, to be fair, uh, one of the things that I, I wanted to mention and also one of the things that does give PAX some legitimacy is that um, there is a new set, I guess it's called, of Magic Cards. Um, it's called Mystery Convention. And basically, it is uh, 10 times larger than a normal um, magic set. And you can only play th with these boosters at PAX Unplugged and other uh, and the uh, the magic fests, which are like Wizard of the Coast's main sponsored events. So there's only like 10 of these a year and Unplugged gets to be one of them. That's actually um, pretty cool. Yeah, so I mean, like, that's the, one of the things that I was like, I don't really like playing Magic at these things. I do end up playing a little bit, but I don't really like to because I like playing board games with you guys. But because there is nowhere else to play this, like, I can't just go to my local store and play this set. I have to play it at a convention. So, I mean, I either have to go to another convention or play it at Unplugged. Um, so I'm going to play it at Unplugged. Did do they also do it at Gen Con? Is Magic the Gathering big there too? No, they, Gen Con is not one of the official ones. They can't huh. do it at Gen Con. That's interesting. It's, it's a, literally only hmm. PAX Unplugged and then these things that are actually called Magic Fests that are run by like Magic Retailer, Channel Fireball, and I think one other one. And there's, like I said, there's only like 10 of them in the United States every year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. It's kind of a. That's, that's that's pretty high exclusive level for something. Yeah, and I mean, like it's it's a big deal. They re they announced it and released it uh, at Magic Fest Richmond like uh, two three weeks ago, and they were like, "Hey, if you're interested in this, go to Unplugged. It'll be there." Hmm. So I know a lot of people. Like, there's a lot of chatter of people that are going to be playing it, and I mean, it seems like a fun thing. It's basically uh, a chaos draft, but everybody gets the same chance at random different cards and things like that. And like I said, the, the number, the sheer amount of numbers in these packs is over, I think it's 1,641 different cards. And what are these packs called? They call something called special mystery convention boosters. Hmm. Um, but yeah, like a normal magic like set is 115 120 maybe like 130 cards so like a pat a, a set that is a uh, like 1600 you know like that's that's a lot that's a lot of cards yeah no kidding holy cow yeah that it's an insane thing and it's got like a lot of um high value cards like apparent i watched a stream of somebody playing it and they like plugged in the numbers of they like the packs itself. They were like, if everybody actually paid into this, it would have been about $300. The value of the cards that they got was over a thousand. They were okay. like, it's, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Also wanted to mention uh, a couple of things here. Uh, Free League Publishing is going to be a, bringing a first look of Alien, the RPG at PAX Unplugged. Ooh. 
they have been talking about this for a while, and it is going to launch on December 10th, but they are going to be doing uh, a first look at PAX Unplugged. They'll have it at their booth, which is kind of cool, uh, at the Free League booth, so you can go try that out. I don't know, like, right now, I mean, I've been listening a lot to um, Androids and Aliens, so I'm, like, super into pretty much anything (laughs) sci-fi RPG at the moment. But I see things pop up on my Kickstarter. I'm like, yes, back it! <laughs> it's kind of a sickness. But this popped up on my radar, and I thought, well, how cool. Like, you can go... Like, not only are we talking about an alien RPG, but we're all, they're also working on a, an alien uh, documentary talking about uh, Ridley Scott's filming of the movie this year, which is kind of cool. And this kind of started a lot of things from sci-fi world that are just neat and unique and gruesome. So, I don't know. I mean, it seems really neat to me. It seems like something that would be uh, kind of a fresh introduction to that realm, but have you guys done any sci-fi RPG stuff? Never have. No. Um, I mean, the closest thing I ever got was when we did the the thing. You mean the board game? Yeah, the board game. The thing. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, wasn't sure. supposed to be ambiguous. The, the the board game, the thing that we played at PAX <laughs> yeah, yeah, last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's pretty sci-fi. Also sci-fi realm, uh, Dune, 2019 Dune, is going to be playable at PAX Unplugged this year. So... They're making another game? Yes. So the first Dune game came out 30 go. years ago. And they ran into some licensing issues, and they have not touched it since. And apparently... To get a copy of this old game is like super hard, so people are losing their minds. This is just kind of like a re-release of uh, or a remake of the game. It's been updated, and it looks like essentially the old Dune, but just like better graphics, better cards, better play uh, play mats, that sort of stuff. Um, and is, what is this ahead. being released by that one company that just releases old shit all the time? Uh, I don't know who's releasing it. They're the p- same people who did Cosmic Encounter. Um, yeah, I'd have to look that up. But, oh, they did Tales from the Loop. Yeah, they did. And yes, yes, they did Tales from the Loop. Um, I don't remember the name of the the company. Uh, Gale Force Nine. Yeah, definitely not the people that were doing the um. What is it? Fireball, Fire Island, Fire whatever. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's those guys. Anyway, this is cool because this is a game that was... Guys, this is when I can say I'm not old. This came out basically before I was born. <laughs> wow. Basically. It came basically out in 79. Okay, actually before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure the actual year, okay? I just knew it was 30 plus years ago. Gosh. Game's a legend, and uh, it's coming back, so that's kind of cool. Also, because we're about to have the movie this coming year, so yeah. that's fun. Wait, no, did it get pushed back to 2021? I don't know. No, it I actually looks good, though. I think it's 2020. Okay, well, excited about that, too. Little Den- Denis Villeneuve. What was the video game? Is it Dune? Dune. What, what year was that? Dune 2000? Uh, that was Dune like... Dune 2000. Like, I forget. Or... Which probably didn't what a come game. out in 2000. What a game. I don't that know was if back it did. That's the, a good question. That was back in the RTS days when everybody was playing... Uh, 1990. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that Love was it. on the back of my Red Alert box, so... Yeah. 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 That's right. Everybody's playing Red Alert. Command and Conquer. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Gosh. 
What it's I was playing Doom, play RTS not Command and Command. Yeah, I never Command, played Command and Command. Uh, you missed out, man. Red Alert played, was what it was all about. Yeah, no, Red Alert was great. Get the Yuris and just like mind control yeah. everybody. All right, that's, that's Red all Alert I too, ever did. But okay. was just an army of Yuris, and I'm like, okay, your army is now my army. Thank you. Bye. Wait, dude, it's it's all about Red Alert Yuri's Revenge. That's where yeah. it was at. Yeah. Yuri's Revenge. Mm -hmm. Did you ever play the third one where you could play like a campaign as the one psychic girl? And that's like all you were? No. Yes. The whole good. campaign is just yeah. as one person? Yeah, pretty sure. Huh. That must have been right before the release of StarCraft. No, it wasn't Tiberian no, Sun. It was, I think it was Red Alert 3. Red Alert yeah, 3. it was. I believe so. It must have been I like played, right I before they time. released uh, oh. Command and Conquer Renegade. They're like, hey, we're going to try a first person thing, but like RTS. Oh. And then we're going to try an actual first person thing. Renegade was far before that, I think. Was it really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Games. What games? Man. I know, right? Now you can play Command and Conquer Rivals on your phone. Oh, gee. Nah. Thanks. Right along <laughs> hey. with uh, uh, Diablo Immortal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you all have phones, right? <laughs> At least that actually kind of looks like a Diablo game. <laughs> yeah, sure. This Command and Conquer game is like just a mobile ripoff of other things. Kind mm -hmm. of That's stupid. That's dumb. Uh, last but not least, I wanted to uh, bring up they have already released the 2019 first look preview of all of the games that are going to be in their um, first look section for us to go play. We talk about this every year, but our group ends up just somehow floating over to that area and just playing a bunch of games for first looks. And it's, I mean, it's, it's really a toss up whether or not we're going to play something that's neat. Uh, it is never a toss up. If we play something and we have to go into the, you're never going to use this rule set selection <laughs> of the, of the rule book. Uh, that happens literally every time we play. How do they game. not think you're going to use those rules? I don't know. They're so important. I don't know. Especially that, what was that one about uh, when you're like the band going across the US and it had the maps? Oh. Uh, I know I exactly what they're talking about. Yeah. yeah. All I know is there's a rule like if on you can tour. no longer connect dots and you yeah, okay, on tour. You no longer connect dots and you have to like fill in a circle that's not connected to something you already have. I'm like, how in the world does this not happen? People just happen to have the right die roll until the end of the game yeah right like what, what? no so anyway we always wow. end up over in this area they have 84 board games that are going to be in the first look preview 84 nice. copies or 84 distinct different 84 distinct board games okay there's one uh, called bus yeah which apparently <laughs> is a re like the, the US is it just like town desert bus it's just called Bus. Board game. It's a reprint of a super old game. Hmm. I don't know what year it came out, but um, they were talking about this. Is that's one of the one of the reprints that they're doing? Uh, a lot of period piece games with like random years in their title. Uh huh. Channel also, Tunnel, nineteen eighty-seven. Also, Cities Skylines, the board game. Oh, that sounds awful. It does Doesn't sound that sound awful. like the slowest board game you've ever played? Yeah, it sounds terrible. You think turn by turn goes slow when you're playing in a video game. Let's talk about playing it for turn by turn. Uh, real time goes slow in a video game playing City Skyline, but let's talk about when you're playing on a board game. Holy freaking crap, I bet that's slow. I This area is just cool. I feel like, I don't know that we've ever walked away from there and been like, when this game comes out, I'm going to buy it. Mm -hmm. But... I'm typically, I feel, introduced to mechanics that I wouldn't have seen in a board game elsewhere. 
Yeah. And I feel like that has and, and has given to some amount of inspiration to the other board game makers. You know, part of me thinks a lot of the devs probably go over there and play board games just to see, you know, like, what are people doing? What are they? How are they innovating with their games? I remember last year we, we saw one that uh, kind of looked like a game where you would set up little towers like Stonehenge. And then there was this giant like arm that hung over the table and you would swing this little metal ball and try to knock over uh, like opponents buildings and stuff. Very weirdly. I don't know. Like nobody's going to set that up at their dining room table and play it. But the mechanic was cool. So maybe they would use that for something in the future. It's almost like one of those, what do they call those, dexterity-based games? Mm-hmm. There's a game called Fast Sloths. <laughs> How fast can awesome. a sloth be? Fast There's Sloths. a freaking Jetpack Joyride game. I feel like the main problem with a lot of that is the fact that, like, any of the games that you are, like, kind of intrigued by that you're like, oh, man, I'm going to buy this and bring it home uh, more than likely is already being demoed on the show floor uh, and is in a better state. Oh, than the ones they have in the first look? I don't yeah. know. I guess you're saying, like, the, the cream of the crop from the yeah, yeah first look place. Okay, like, yeah, I mean, they do have definitely some of those games over there. We will probably I, I I the developer is there and I know that they announced this so I don't know why they wouldn't have it there but we'll be able to see the first uh, Divinity board game like that the the people are there to do it so I assume we'll see that but that's not going to be the first look like no. they they have their own booth they're going to be showing it off at their own place yeah yeah as much as it's called first look I feel like. Most of the games that are in it are also being sold at the convention. Really? See, I didn't get that sense the last time we were over there. Well, I'm, I'm looking even at have, like final art. Right. It's just like not complete. It's in a box with like a stapled together eight and a half by eleven bound set of rules. Mm-hmm. I'm looking with at like a bunch of piece these, of tape. and all of them are like, "Oh, we'll be selling this nearby the first look." Interesting. I don't know. Well, there's some cool looking ones here. I'm sure we will talk a lot about uh, Moonbase looks really cool too. I'm sure we will talk a lot about um, all of the games we play in First Look when we come back for our post-pup. But, I don't know. That's cool. I didn't know that they actually released a list of these every year, but apparently this happens like a couple weeks before the uh, PAX actually goes on, so they have this list so people can look at things and figure out what they want to play before they even get there, which makes sense. That way we don't do what we do, which is just like wander around until you figure out what you want to play. <laughs> we got to play Paladins of the West. Paladins. Paladins. Paladins is a decent game. What a freaking game. Isn't Everybody Paladins getting off. shut down? No, so dude. not enough people Doubtful. on it. Overwatch, Overwatch is getting shut down. They totally <laughs> copied Paladins. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's talk... Um, Let's talk about what we see from the schedule, everything from uh, tabletop tourneys to uh, RPGs that are going on to vendors to, um, you know, shows or events that we're going to be seeing while we're there. Let's not talk about, let's definitely not talk about anything that's related to trivia. Um, <laughs> that's fair. That's uh, fair. Outside of that, 
I assume what we should probably do is do what we do every time we talk about this cast is kind of just we'll start with Friday. If there's anything that stands out or that you guys have on your list for Friday, we'll go over it and then move through Saturday, Sunday. Does that sound fine? Yeah. Sure. I mean, I am totally open for new ideas because <laughs> we do this every time and there gets to a point where we're like, so yeah, Sunday. And there's like a freaking 15 second pause. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of uh, the entire convention for me. Like, no. other than playing, um, other than, you know, playing board games with you guys, I, 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 I'm not really trying to like look at a bunch of panels and do a bunch of things. Like my game plan is to hang out with you guys, try out the new magic thing. Uh, you know, that, that's it. I'm, I'm not really trying to, I think there was one, uh, there was one panel on, I think Saturday that I was actually somewhat intrigued by because uh, it's a bunch of YouTubers that draw their like D&D &D experiences and I watch their videos and I think they're kind of fun. So that's cool. Yeah. Like them talking about what it's like, their process is like to, you know, take their campaigns and animate them. Neat. Well, let's I think start last with, uh, year, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I think last year I only maybe went to one panel. And that's a panel that I can't honestly remember if it was at Unplugged or at East this year. Hmm. And that was the one where Mike Selinker was talking about his new game. Uh, that was at East. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think I went to any <laughs> panels at Unplugged last year. Yeah, that was definitely at East. I was going to say the only panel I remember from last year actually going to was the one with Jake uh, talking about like how to stop the murder hobos. I think that's at East too, because I don't think Jake went to Unplugged last year. Yeah, yeah, he that did. Was East too. That was that was at Unplugged, or maybe it was Unplugged two years ago when he was actually there. I don't know. Yeah, must have. Yeah, it was know. whenever Jake was actually there. Uh, well, let's talk. Um, what we can do is, how about this? We'll just kind of go down the list. I'll start with one thing that I thought was kind of neat, and then we can kind of move uh, for sat for Friday things that people see. And when we run out, we run out. We'll move to Saturday. Does that sound good? Cool. Yeah. Cool. cool. Uh, let's start with the number one thing. Have they always done a story time session at PAX Unplugged? Or is this the first year they're doing a story time? I'm I'm pretty sure they did one last year. Yeah. Do not remember if they did one the first year. Yeah, I have no idea what it was. Uh, this Sorry. one seems kind of cool. Uh, don't know if I'll go to it, but uh, it's going to be a story time with um, Eric Lang. He did... Um, uh, Victorian Masterminds, Cthulhu, Death May Die, and Blood Rage. Uh, so, just talking about game design, maybe cool. Is anybody else even interested in story time? I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna take that as a no. Not really. I, 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 I did I, just I, see that Cthulhu game today for the first time. Yeah, I was wondering <laughs> if this is where you saw it's it. It's brand from. new. It's that's brand not new. where I saw it from. But yeah, it's um, it's also got the other designer is um. Guy that worked on Betrayal and Betrayal Legacy, Rob, and like uh, most of the Legacy games, Seafall. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Rob, Rob W. Yeah, that guy. That guy yeah. and this guy did that Cthulhu game, and now I really Ooh. want to play it. Ooh! Well, just add it to your list of all the board games you have to play with us once you move <laughs> out of here. It'll be great. I got lots okay. of those, man. So that's story been a time. Uh, Alex, anything uh, Friday for you so far? Um, board games. <laughs> wow this is the problem with packs and play we go to play board games not to listen yeah to i know talk but i like to games. talk about the things that are actually happening too caleb anything for saturday or Friday? i got I mean? two things that are potentially i will go 
Okay, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. There's a there's a panel Selinker and friends. It's Mike Selinker. Yeah. But it's possible I'll go to that because he's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's called How to Make Your Game Funny. Yep. 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 I don't know that I've played any of his funny games, but that's all right. That's all right. And then the Glass Cannon podcast is playing their Pathfinder campaign live. And I, I haven't have listened not... to it, but I might go watch it because I listen to Android Aliens and I really like it. So good, dude. It makes me want to play Starfinder so freaking bad. Yeah, I'd like to try Starfinder sometime. Yeah, I would honestly run the campaign. I really would. <laughs> I, I really would. Um, yeah. Owen, anything for you? Wait, you already said you have nothing for yeah, the entire no. weekend. Uh, other things I noted on Friday that seem kind of interesting. They are doing a D&D 5th edition team deathmatch. I did see that. Uh, <laughs> that is party versus party. They have point by rules at the beginning. You get an extra starting feat. And then it's basically uh, each round, two teams of four go up against each other. And the winning eight teams move on to the quarterfinals on Saturday. So what level is it? Uh, you are third level characters. Third level. Okay. <laughs> so whoever's got the barbarian and the cleric on their team wins, right? See? The- <laughs> Barrier for entry. I'm telling you. I'd be like, you know, I'm going no, to be an oracle. 5e, 5e is so easy. Really? Not great. <laughs> not interesting. It's You don't get to do like anything when you build your character. You say, I pick a class. All right. When you hit level three, you pick a subclass. And that is the end of your customization, more or less. That's pretty You boring. can occasionally, once every four levels, if you choose, pick up a feat. Wow. That's it pretty is. boring. Yeah. You level okay. up and you get like nothing. It's very annoying. Okay. Well, I won't be doing that. That's good to know. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, there is a session at 1.30 called To Prep or Not to Prep, which I think just kind of se- seems cool. Uh, it's just a bunch of GMs talking about like how much they prepare before they do a session. Uh, planning out like, you know, thinking about how random the people that they are playing with are going to be in the in the session, whether or not they're going to follow the storyline they think they're going to follow, or if they're just going to do a whole bunch of other stuff um, with a whole bunch of... And, and so they talk about game prep tools, which I think is kind of neat. I think this is just leading to me being a GM at some point. I'm just going to happen. <laughs> I can feel it. Starfinder's the start, man. Uh, there is also a couple sessions of Starfinder Society happening throughout the weekend. Not going to lie. <laughs> a little bit of interest. Uh, the one thing that I am most disappointed in, uh, and I tried to register for this five minutes after the uh, the guidebook came out, which is Pandemic Survival's regional qualifiers happening at PAX Unplugged this year. Uh, if you don't know anything about Pandemic, Pandemic is a co-op game where you're trying to basically rid the world of four different uh, diseases in a couple different, like there's a whole bunch of different versions, but the base version is you're just traveling to cities and kind of uh, inoculating it or, or removing uh, the disease and kind of cure it, trying to cure it. And Pandemic Survival is two versus two, and they call it real time, but essentially you have a minute to do your actions. You cannot talk amongst the rest of the team, so you're doing your own actions. And then when those are done, a essentially a GM is going to be flipping the cards, hand, like moving out all of the infections and then progressing the sort of story. The interesting thing is that the ultimate goal is to either win with a team of four or be the last two to die. <laughs> uh, and that's how you progress, progress in pandemic survival. But it's, it was full within five minutes. So I'm really disappointed. I don't know how that many people are excited about it. It sounds very painful. stressful. 
Yeah. It's, does, it, does it sound like uh, Captain Sonar level of stress? Not quite, but it sounds close. <laughs> what a great game. It was actually real time that I would say yes, but since it's like pseudo. Yeah, it is pseudo. I don't know how they do it real time. I mean, just the best players who are most efficient at like resource management and moving characters on the board and know the best way to pair characters off would be the best then. It'd be tough. Real time uh, just sounds like it'd be way too easy because you'd just spam actions. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That too. They'd have to have some, introduce some sort of cooldown for that too. Uh, I'm gonna go to terrain. For... Couple, a terrain, terreno, terrain. What are you saying? Terrain They're building the terrains for like. Learn how to make war game terrain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. There's terrain a... for my Warhammer Forty Thousand campaign. There's you can't say 40,000. You got to say 40K, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, uh, there are a lot of miniature and set building things this year. There were a lot last year. Yeah. This year is it's a lot. There's like a speed painting miniature session. There's like a paint and wine session. There's a building your set session. It's a lot. They're really excited. Apparently, there's a lot of miniatures people. My dog is licking the wall right next to me. I don't know what he's doing. Okay, what great content. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, last but not least for Friday, um, w- the other thing I noticed is the strange phenomenon of the board game movie. Uh, it is a 10.30 session. They're going to be talking about um, board Jumanji? game movies that have come out. and Well, there's other things, too. There's other things, too, like... Yeah, what? Zathura. Uh, there was a battleship. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my and, gosh. There was, wasn't there? And there, it's not just like specifically movies that are based on board games, but movies that are based around the idea of board gaming too. So, oh. uh, Game Night is another one that kind of falls in that Stranger realm. Things, barely. barely. I mean, they yeah. play game a bunch night, of D and D. Get out! Come on, Game Night. They were playing games. It's a game night. It's about having a game night, man. They played games for like the first ten minutes of that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fine. Fine. I'll give you that. Saturday, let's talk Saturday. Um, and first and foremost, we should probably talk about what we're doing on Saturday. Which yeah, is going to be, yeah, we and that's the entire idea of this section of the podcast. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they announced a while back this immersive mega game slash escape room experience. And literally, if that's all I heard, I probably would have signed up because it sounds ridiculous and i'm totally on board with that but um it is called the helios experience or the here sorry the helios conspiracy um i don't who's done the most amount of reading about what this thing actually is alex alex i mean i guess do you even know like give us a sense of what it's actually going to be um i'm gonna go with no i mean it's just it's a bunch of different factions that make up this political system i guess and then i don't really know what the objectives are going to be or like what the events are going to be or anything we're going to be solving puzzles we're going to be i mean i guess doing some sort of stuff like before with the other mega game we did like uh, mini game type stuff within the game 60 players at the same time. Negotiating with other people. 60 players? Yeah. Heck. Yeah, there's a lot going on. 
Are we all on one team? Yes. I believe so. That's good. Brock is going to be real disappointed because that's the day he's coming. <laughs> like, what are we doing today, guys? Oh, see ya. Brock right. might get to play. Uh, that's true. Oh, man. Um, yeah, also some lucky person at the convention. <laughs> yeah, who just <laughs> happens to be lined up. Uh, I Did you guys enjoy the mega game that we did last time around? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I was drinking. I was going to say yes. Didn't do it, so... Yeah. Sucks I, to suck. I think I so. I didn't get invited. That's kind of how I feel, is I think so. Like it what was, do you mean I think so? That was awesome. It was yeah, cool, but, you, but it took we all so had, much time. And we all had completely different experiences. Like, my experience was strange. Like, I had... I think I think we talked about this last time when we met our last post pup, but I had a guy in mind who just like dominated everything because he was constantly talking about conspiracy theory level stuff about who was doing what to who and would constantly just interrupt people and get people off topic. I was a part of the like uh, the decision making, the council essentially, and we would make laws for what was going on. So everything we did directly affected what you guys were doing, but we never got to see any of that. So it's my, like at least from my aspect, it was kind of boring. I don't remember what you guys actually did in your in your groups in your sessions. I just played like a little mini game where we traded cards. It was basically um, you ever play Quims? Nope. Kind of Quims like Quimsy, Quimsesque. Yeah, it's Quimsy. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what did you do in yours? Were you on the board? The the map? Yeah, the, the map. big map. Moving our troops around, I guess. Black Capturing stuff. Capturing stuff, yeah. It big was, War it, Games map. I think it was neat. It was just so big. Maybe that was, maybe that was the thing. Maybe it was because the first time we did a mega game, like trying to wrap your mind around all of the strategy involved in what we were trying to do was very difficult. Man. I remember different reactions when we talked about this last year. I feel like if we go back and listen to that podcast, you're very much higher on this than you really? are than you are right now. Man, I just don't. I don't recency remember. bias is a strong thing, man. Recency bias. Hmm. I don't know. It's just I guess... a, it's a unique thing. Like you're not gonna be able to do that anywhere else, really. Right. Well, no, no, that part's cool. And it's just like let's try to coordinate this massive board game with way too many people. Such a cool idea. I want to run one someday. Yeah. That run it be better insane. than the one was run. <laughs> <laughs> Ours was run kind of poorly. That was true. Uh, they're doing... This is the only mega game at PAX Unplugged this year. This Helios Conspiracy. So, And we're they're doing, doing a ton of days, sessions. Right? Uh, I think all three days. All three days? And multiple sessions per day. So I'm going to assume oh, they're going to have it hopefully down pat by the time we get there. They'll have done two sessions already. And they won't be exhausted from doing sessions. So it's like right <laughs> in the sweet spot. Uh, Alex, anything else from Saturday that stands out for you? Nope. Caleb? Um, there is a... I, I went to this podcast last time. I don't know if it was at Unplugged or at East again. But Mike Selinker's Can You Survive This Panel? Pretty sure that was at East. Was it? <laughs> but yeah. But I kind of want to go that, that again. I have, I have that on my list. It's a very strange idea for a panel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
beginning. It, it was interesting. I liked it. Qu- it it's because it's like essentially like a quiz competition between him and the audience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then when he gets everything right, he just deletes half the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Very strange. Uh oh, and nothing for you on Saturday. Yep. Uh, I was also going to mention a couple of additional things. The thrill of destruction with legacy games. There's a panel that's happening at noon. Um, I have an infatuation with legacy games, and I partially think it has to do with the idea that I'm actually destroying part of it. So I totally can align with this, and I may end up going to see what it's like. Um, yeah, it just seems neat. I just what want to throw more called? cards up. It's called The Thrill of Destruction with Legacy Games. Oh. Uh, yeah. Hot new genre of board games is wildly popular despite the fact that they can only be played once. <laughs> Unless you put it in Tabletop Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> sup, sup. Wow. Uh, also, at, at 1 p.m., I'm just, I'm just interested in this. I'm not going to. I'm just interested in what it is. 1 p.m. is Hold the Folk, The Hidden People. It's a LARP experience for 18 plus. <laughs> it is a oh. four-hour session. Dang. Dang. I am... I don't know what to think about LARPing in general. <laughs> I'm like... I'm like half, uh, half jealous that I don't have that ability to just be okay with LARPing and have the creativity to be able to come up with stuff like that on the fly. And I'm also half like, yeah, I don't think I could just do that. I think I'd be embarrassed to do it. It just seems very strange. Oh, those weren't the same thing. I got you. I'm there now. I thought you said the same thing twice. (laughs) No, 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 no. I mean, you you play uh, D&D. It's like halfway there. It is halfway there. It's like a third there. I mean, actually, I'm pretty much there because if you saw me while I'm while I'm talking <laughs> in our Pathfinder sessions, I'm actually acting it out too. I mean, I don't know. Larping's is, it's a that's a different realm. That is that is all the way there. You're correct. D and D's really halfway. <clears throat> that and there's another LARP panel, and they're both in the LARP room, quote unquote. There is oh. a LARP room. The LARP room, room one ten AB. Oh boy. Are we going to be stopping by the LARP room? What? Why? Just to see. We I feel like LARP. if you go in, you have to be role-playing. I mean, I feel like I could walk in and role-play for a minute. Okay. You know what I mean? Nope. Do you have to be dressed to role-play? I don't think you do, do Probably. you? I'm going to role-play as somebody that doesn't like to role-play. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, last but not least, let's talk about Sunday. I literally have nothing for Sunday. Do you guys have anything for Sunday? Nada. Yeah, there's not a lot going on. Alex? Owen? Nope. You're going to find me at the magic tables probably on Sunday. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's all the schedule. Does anything stand out to you guys as far as um, like games or vendors that you're looking forward to? How can you find a list of vendors? I cannot find it. Yeah. There, there are several lists of vendors. Yeah, I found it. That, I can't find that's, it on their site, at least. It's not on their site, I don't think. But that is how, like, that's how I found that. I, I'm blanking on the name, but the developer of the Divinity game that did the Kickstarter and everything is going to be there because they're listed. And I was like, well, what else are uh, they doing? 
I found the list of vendors too because I found it through the pandemic survival thing because that's Z-Man Games and they're also debuting a new pandemic game there. Um, it's like room-based pandemic. I don't know. Uh, but there's a list somewhere. Um, I mean, it's it's 250 people, so you're gonna have a you're gonna have a minute yeah. to get through it. Yeah. So, uh, any interest? Any guys planning on going to like? acquisition stuff um shut up sit down dice tower any of that stuff no we're just literally board gaming aren't we yeah i mean that's what we go for the 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 last time we did this last year i just remember we grabbed a table the start of it and we didn't let go of that table until the end of the night because we just sat there and we just swapped through board games occasionally you'd get up and like swap members of who was actually uh, like playing it at the table well, or you could be you could pull uh, Janae and Shay and just go get <laughs> Harry Potter One Hogwarts game. Battle, the only copy that exists, and sit at the same table for ten hours straight until you beat the entire game. Which, I, by the way, they played with the incorrect rule set at that time, so it was actually harder than what it was supposed to be. Wow. <laughs> As somebody who currently has played that game, I understand how you can sit there for an entire day and play it. I I yeah. understand this now. It's it is a solid game. I don't. There are very few games that I feel like are co-op deck building. Deck yeah. building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it's a deck builder. That feel good. There's one bad mechanic from that game, and that's the the locations and the dark marks. But other than that, that is a very very solid co-op deck building game. Um, yeah. and also has also very good. yeah yeah. It also has one flaw. And that yep. is one character super overpowered. What are you talking about? I think he's fine, man. <laughs> uh, somehow, people on the internet, I couldn't find anything about anyone talking about how he's super OP. But well, clearly they whatever. just they just they don't know. They don't get it. They yeah, haven't figured out the meta yet. We're playing him wrong. Yeah, we're playing wrong. We don't know the rules right. Or you figured out <laughs> as per usual. Uh yeah. This list is huge of people it's who are very big. There. Plaid hat's there. That's amazing. yeah. I was just about to say plaid hat. <laughs> it's so funny. That's the one we gravitated to. Also, own is Lynn Vander Studios, the one you were talking yeah. about. Yeah, there's just a lot. This is going to be. I don't know if you guys remember the first Pax Unplugged, but getting in the door was like walking through the door of a place that's just not busy. There just wasn't much wow, to get what inside. A good I, I couldn't think of a good way to <laughs> shut up. You know, walking into a place that's not busy is like it's like walking into a place that's not busy. <laughs> I couldn't think of a good analogy. Get out of here. <laughs> but last year, freaking lines were pretty long. And yeah, I, I was gonna say if it if it keeps getting like longer and longer lines to do the same thing, I don't know how much longer I would be intrigued by unplugged. To be honest. Man, I'm not going to lie. I am very close to liking Unplugged almost more than PAX East. Yeah. I I mean, I loved what we were doing at Unplugged last year. And if this year is like that, awesome. If this year is a crap ton more waiting than what it was last year, um, I'm going to be a little miffed. And I at, at some point, there just comes a line of, Hey, if what we're gonna do is just sit around and play board games together, like let's 
just do that elsewhere at like a board game cafe that has a bunch of board games and doesn't take us an hour to get inside you know yeah like i i think this is fun and great for what it is now uh and hopefully it continues being that but it like even pax east lines depending on the day because there are some pax east days i remember like i don't know we were only in line for 10 15 minutes and we were able to get inside and i didn't think that was that like too bad and i was like well where's the time for the stuff that's inside but if it starts being like oh you know you got to sit outside in the freezing cold philly weather for an hour do that man yeah like <laughs> this upcoming year when pack starts on like february oh my gosh ah man it's weird i'm like going this year man <laughs> dude guys i just realized pax east is in like two and a half months not even have fun with that it's yep. gonna be so cold it sure is. Yeah. Imagine it snows a bunch and it's going to be like that one year. Yep. It, there's no way it's going to be like that one year. That was a, just insane. That was Yeah, that was insanity. Uh, whole, the whole city shut down. <laughs> uh, anything else from PAX Unplugged you guys wanted to mention? Uh, specifically you're excited about or you're interested in other than... I mean, we, we forgot to mention that we're definitely going to have to go get some Earl Grey... Yes, uh, tequila. tequila, because that's just a must. And if they don't have it, literally everyone's going to be disappointed. I was about to say earlier when you were talking about the panels that we come to PAX Unplugged for three things. <laughs> Food, drinks and board games. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else you guys wanted to mention from PAX Unplugged? No. Nope. Owen? Nope. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us for our pre-pup. I wanted to mention a couple other things here real quick. Uh, our most recent episode of Expanding Horizons Book Club podcast uh, was just released on... Was that Monday, Alex? Tuesday, Monday? The first. Sometimes. On the first. Released on the mm, first. And Sunday. You give us a Sunday highlight of what first. you guys read and what you talked about and what's up next. Sure. We read two short stories. Um, Story of Your Life by Ted Chiang and The Lottery by Shirley Jackson. Um, Pretty interesting discussion about both of those because they both go in some pretty, like, heady directions. Yep. Bizarre. Um, Yeah, so tune in to check out that discussion. And uh, next month we will be reading, or this month we're reading The Beekeeper's Promise. By an author. <laughs> um, well then, I don't remember her name. Fiona Valpi, I think was her name. Something that, like that sounds right. Yeah. And um, so that's our our drama month, and that will be out first of January next year. New Year's okay. Day. New Year's Day. Uh, additionally, um, we just finished our twenty-four hour stream. On uh, the 23rd of November, uh, we exceeded our number, which we are super pumped about. Our initial goal was $1,500. We ended up raising over $1,750. So that's really, really cool. Um, if you did donate, thank you so much for that. Uh, if you just stopped by and said hello uh, to talk about uh, the post-World War II um, strategies of uh, Germany and Russia, that's... <laughs> I mean, there were some in-depth conversations going on that I was not necessarily a part of, but I was trying to follow along. So thanks for joining for that. Um, and uh, like I said, uh, thanks for thanks for being a part of the 24-hour stream with us. 
Uh, also, we uh, a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, a month ago almost, uh, we released a guest cast where we had Buddy and Mango of Some Derps talk about, uh, talk about games. Where we talked a little bit about BlizzCon. Um, so make sure you check that one out. And we also did a community cast, or Owen did a community cast with uh, Buddy Sola, who is with Akupara Games. Uh, he's a community manager there. Um, so make sure you check out that. Owen, do you have your next person lined up, by the way? Are you uh, ready? I'm, I'm cast three on it. Episode three? I, I, I'm hoping that I'll find somebody that has a really cool board game and talk to them after. Oh, what a good idea. That be would honest, be good. That would be good. That's half of my game plan this weekend. That would be a good one. Okay. Well, uh, like I said, make sure you check that out. You can also go to our website at WeAreTheRizon.com and check out all the content we have there. Uh, Thanks so much, and we will catch you next time. This week's podcast was edited by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCoslin, Caleb Juno, and Owen Patterline. This week's music was again brought to you by Amer. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are The Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. Again, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll catch you next time.